0: So I go off on sabbatical renewal and come back, and there's all kinds of spiritual stuff breaking out all over. I'm not sure what that means. (laughs) Bands and creative art displays and paintings downstairs, and oh yes, that photograph of yours truly in Bittenger Hall, Gore Yet, if he hadn't... Resigned, I would fire him on the spot. And I'm talking about Cliff Thomas. Unfortunately, he has resigned to take a full time job with a great opportunity before him. For us, he was working part time and really this presence that I cannot share enough about what a joy it was to have him, at least most of the time. His humor, his professionalism, his joy, and all that goes with it. We are so grateful, Cliff. Would you please stand? <clears throat> Cliff's family will be certainly uh, continue to be members of Riverside Church and. Uh, we just need to make sure that Cliff never gets into a position of power, like elder or deacon. That's supposed to be a joke. Thank you for all you've done. During my absence, I shared with that with you on my first Sunday back, but for some of you, this is your first Sunday back, and I just wanted to share what a joy it was to, to be on our time off our sabbatical renewal. And also what a joy it is to have this staff and this church to come back to. When I wanted to figure it out, I wanted to do this sabbatical program to apply to the Lilly Endowment uh, Fund for uh, the grant, Uh, it took me three years to figure out how to do it. And it was not until I read the 19th Psalm, I happened on the 19th Psalm, that it finally hit me what my renewal time should be about. It is a poetic psalm that speaks forth about the incredible power and glory of God in all things and especially in nature. May God give us an understanding of this word as I read from verses 1 through 6 and verse 14 from the 19th psalm. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims God's handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge. Yet there is no speech nor are there words, their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the other end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. And in the 14th verse, this famous passage or verse Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. The word of the Lord. What drew me to this psalm was not the last verse, let the words of my mouth, but the first three verses. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims God's handiwork Day to day pours forth speech. Night to night declares knowledge. And then that verse, the turn. But there is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Yet that voice goes out through all the earth and the words to the end of the world. What is the psalmist saying? I think this, whatever it is that proclaims the glory of God throughout all creation does so in a way that transcends all language, that connects all things. And I wanted to be connected to that. So this is part of what I wrote in my grant proposal. It has been said that life is not judged by the number of breaths you take so much as the number of times your breath has been taken away in awe and wonder. I look forward to discovering new and creative ways for discerning the wonder of God when there is no speech and there are no words. I look forward as I try to catch my breath in response to God's glory. After almost Twenty-five years in the ordained ministry, I'm starting to lose my sight and my hearing, not so much literally as metaphorically and spiritually. The cause is words, too many blooming words, Elijah Doolittle complained. As a preacher, words are the tools of my trade, yet I can barely see past the piled-up jumble of them to glimpse the light These tools are meant to illumine. My ears are so full of thoughts, beliefs, dogmas, meanings, rationalities, and sermons that the word has grown faint, the light dim, my soul restless. That was before. This morning I am here to share with you, with words, a little of what I came to perceive and see during my wonderful renewal time, and I have to say it came as a big surprise. First, it is this. Mother Nature is not silent. She has her own language and music. The crack of thunder, the rustle of leaves, the clatter of rain, the songs, barks, screeches, and howls of animals, and so forth. Nature's language says plenty if we have ears to hear it. But even without noise, say we cannot hear anything, we still can perceive it, we can feel it, we can taste it, we can smell it, and especially see it. And for me, it was hopefully learning to see differently, to perceive the world differently, the beauty and glory of it, that what I thought was what made my heart sing the most. That's not why I wanted to learn how to paint and draw, something I'm still learning, and why I wanted to go on a vision quest. And after having said that earlier, many of you have asked me that one question. So, how did the wilderness time go? I will share many stories of my renewal time with you at the appropriate uh, setting but I will share this one with you now. I'm not sure how it went. (laughs) A vision quest is a Native American uh, ritual that is usually used for a rite of passage. In the old days, mostly young men who would be sent off from their tribe uh, and their families into the wilderness for a length of time by themselves where they would not eat or drink And they would wait for the spirit gods to come to them. Wanting to do this, having read about it in a book, yes, it was my idea, I called a friend of mine up and asked him, well, sort of invited myself, and he said, yes, we're doing it over Memorial Day holiday, which was all great except for it was the day after Anita and I had arrived from France after having been there for 20 days and so I was a bit uh, jet-logged and also, I think, probably dehydrated. The problem with that is that the vision quest says you cannot drink or eat anything for three days and two nights, which is the length of time I chose to do it. I had a choice between four days or three nights, and Ed said, you don't really want to do that one. Or three days and two nights or two days and one night, I chose being a moderate Presbyterian, the moderate choice. Three days, and it was anything but moderate, I can tell you. I was told in some kind of direction to bring a new wool blanket, a new metal bucket, a knife, and a pair of shorts. Then I was sent directions to tie 400 prayer bundles, red, black, yellow, and white, two inches in square Every two inches on a string in the bundles, you place a little piece of tobacco, a little pinch of tobacco. You say a prayer on it. You tie it on the string, and then you move the next one. Hundred black, hundred red, hundred yellow, hundred white. Well, either I didn't read the directions well, or they weren't given very clearly, uh, because he meant for what I was meant to do was to tie a hundred black ones, and a hundred red ones, and a hundred yellow ones, and a hundred white ones. And of course, I did black red, yellow, white, black, red, Uh, and by the time I had torn off about 10, I finally said, this is obsessively ridiculous. I'm just going to tear it up in whatever size it gets, put the tobacco in, have the prayer, and tie it on to the string, which was also a little obsessively ridiculous for me, and so it was six or eight inch square uh, size bundles tied up about every four, three, six inches on the string and so we were supposed to wrap it around a piece of cardboard and I, it was hard for me to find a piece of cardboard big enough to wrap mine around uh, and then take it to the, uh, the setting where the quest was going to happen. When I showed up with my bundle of things, Ed took one look at it and said, interesting Uh, Ed, what does that mean? Well, I said 100 black, 100 red, but I see you did it every other one. Uh, You know, it's the first time it's ever happened that way. It, it, It may be that everybody else has been doing it wrong and you were the only one who's gotten it right. It was a kind thing to say. When I showed up, at his camp he took me down to where everyone was gathered three other people were doing the quest with me and there were also the leaders everything was set up in Native American rituals it all is very precise very precise Uh, and, and when I showed up having had everything completely out of order I looked down at the other prayer quests bundles and they were perfect Little black ones, little red ones, little yellow ones, little white ones, all lined up every two inches on a string. And I'm feeling completely vulnerable and shamed at that moment, thinking, oh my gosh, if the spirit gods really take this stuff seriously, I'm toast. (laughs) We started with a sweat lodge, which only exacerbated my fear of being dehydrated. I was drenched when I got out, and they then took us to our place of quest. Mine was on a small a slope of a hill underneath a, a grove of oak trees surrounded by beautiful uh, wheat field. Uh, when I arrived, I saw that they had built an igloo with a, uh, out of limbs with a blue plastic tarp on top of it, uh, and that was my place for the next two and a half days and two nights. They dropped me off. They took my prayer bundle and began to wrap it around in a perimeter. And it is only supposed to go around the 14-foot perimeter once. But when they arrived at this end, Ed said, well, I guess you're going to have to double back. And so they doubled back around this side. And then Ed said, well, let's try it one more time. So they, they had I had three layers of Completely chaotic black, red, yellow, white prayer claws lined up in my little line perimeter, and then they said a prayer and said, We'll come back to see you at, at dinner time to see how you're doing. Well, oh, Ed, what's the bucket for? You'll figure it out. <laughs> like is it the little train? says no, you go outside of your little perimeter, open your gate, use the woods for that. Well, what's it for? You'll figure it out. When they left, I'm standing there. I got my little blanket in my hand. The bucket's on the ground. I'm looking at the space, and I'm thinking, okay, now I've got two and a half days of this. Where am I going to sit? The bucket. Turn it upside down, put the blanket on top of it, except for when I'm sleeping, and it was the perfect seat. And it was, except for the fact that I had to sit on it for two and a half days. I could get up and walk around the perimeter or go out if I needed to. But do you have any idea how long a day is when you have no stimulation other than nature? I was going to get into this. I started looking at the ants and the spiders and watching the birds. One time a buzzard came and circled me three times. (laughs) That was not a good omen. Listen to the songs of the birds and the rustle of the leaves and after what seemed like six hours, which was probably about ten minutes, I thought, my gosh, I'm stuck here. Ed had told me on the way up that I had made a vow, and the whole community was praying for me 24-7, and that no one had ever broken the vow and come down, but that if I was desperate, I could. And, of course, there was no way I would. The first night... I got in. I figured out that they had perched my tent on top of a black ant bed. Now, I'm not supposed to kill anything. I don't know why I had the knife. But I was lying on top of them, and I was sure I was killing ants all over the place, especially when I was flicking them off of me. They didn't bite, but they crawled. Oh, let me go back. Before I got up there, I had to kneel in front of three leaders and tell them what it was I wanted them to pray for. And I said, I would like to reconnect to nature. I want my body to reconnect to the body of the world. I, would, I, I, I just want to connect to that incredible power of nature. And one of the leaders leaned down and put his face in front of mine and said, Are you sure you want us to pray for that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I did connect to nature. Ants, spiders, three thunderstorms. So loud, so powerful, so scary that I had to literally leave my sacred space and go out into the wheat field and lie down because I was taught in school that you're never supposed to be near a tree during a lightning storm. I didn't care what the gods thought I'm out of here and after I crawled back into my space the second morning I woke up thinking what in the world did I sign up for this for why have I given myself over to what am I going to get out of this I am so mad okay spirit gods so I didn't do it right show yourself which is my usual default when I'm anxious and afraid. It was that afternoon the thunderstorms came, by the way. (laughs) And as soon as I went through that incredible, why am I doing this experience, the moment of unbelievable grace hit me. And it was this. You don't matter. This is not about you. This is so much larger than you, you cannot understand it. And it occurred to me that my grandiosity and my narcissism to get my body. Connected to the body of nature was a complete absurdity. This wasn't about me. And at that moment, I felt this incredible connection to all things global and cosmic. My ego and my meanness was no longer present for about three minutes. Until I started thinking, you know, uh, how can I hold on to this? How can I regenerate this? How can I describe this? How can I? I, I, I? But that was the gift, and it was a gift of incredible humbling. I survived, obviously, or I wouldn't be standing here in front of you. And you can go for three days without food or water. But I also know that I was probably at my limit, and I then commenced to eat for the next four hours, giving me the worst stomach ache I have ever had in my life that lasted two days. When it was over, I didn't know exactly how to feel. In fact, I'm still trying to work through it. I was exhausted. I was a little nauseous because I had to keep this pouch of tobacco in my hand 24-7 that leaps through the cloth that went into my skin that made me taste tobacco the whole time it's nasty I had numerable spider bites red ant bites and two tick bites but I was also grateful that I persevered as far as feeling closer to God I have to say, at first, anyway, that it was almost the opposite. What I experienced up there on the mountain alone for three days and two nights was almost complete alienation and indifference. I came to see, unlike Thoreau, unlike Rousseau, unlike Wordsworth, in their transcendentalist philosophies and romantic notions of creature and the creation, Unlike them, I came to see that, you know what, while nature is the very source of our, our sustenance, nature is also very scary. And that I'm a creature just like every other creature. I also came to see that there are things that we cannot understand I learned up there the value of perseverance, of making a vow and sticking to it. I learned that nature is beautiful and glorious but it is also scary. It will attack you, eat you, and kill you if you let it. But what I finally learned and this is what I want you to know above all on this rally day is this. I learned how much we need each other. How much and how important community and fellowship is. How much we need to encourage and engage and pray for and love and nurture each other. I learned that again. I learned how important it is to talk to each other. To challenge each other when we do not agree to share with each other our joys and our sorrows. I learned how important words are again. Our liturgies in worship, our teachers' mouths, the songs from our hearts, the nurturing and care from each other, I learned that just as God formed creation out of the words by speaking them, so too has God given us that creative power to form new worlds out of the words that we speak to each other. I learned that just as God used God's word to become incarnate in Jesus Christ, God becomes incarnate in our words too in a Christ-like way. And while this may sound like complete, preacherly self-justification, I learned how important words are one more time. I'm not making this up. It's in the Bible. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in God's sight, our strength and our Redeemer.